many times have you celebrated your 39th birthday? When age 50 creeps up on us, we deny it, hide it, and do everything we can to ignore each birthday that comes after. But why? Let's celebrate our voices of experience. Whether you're passing 50, passing 60, or approaching another decade, we've got great discussions and guests to help you embrace every year you've got under your belt. If you're passing 50 or more, pull up a chair. We've got something just for you. Now, here's your host, Robin Boyd. Hello, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today on Passing 50. Uh, you know, we're here to put a little momentum in your rite of passage of that 50-year mark or any decades threshold that you're passing. So no matter which uh, decade you are approaching or have just surpassed, we hope we can propel you into all that's ahead for you. You know, according to the Pew Research Center, just over one of every eight Americans aged 40 to 60 is both raising a child and caring for a parent. That's kind of alarming, when not alarming, but a, a sort of a, a stunning statistic. And in addition, between 7 and 10 million adults caring for their aging parents are doing so in a long-distance manner. Um, the U.S. Census Bureau statistic indicates that the number of older Americans aged 65 or older will soon double. Well, not soon, but at least by the uh, year 2030, to over 70 million. When you start looking at some numbers and you realize how much our society is based with elders, you realize that these elders do need some care. I'm starting to need care. My husband is starting to need care. Uh, this is the first year that um, my husband hasn't been able to go out and mow the lawn. Uh, that has sort of taken him aback. Uh, this was not something easily accepted. Uh, one way to kind of get by it was to appease his soul to let him know that the boy up the street is one of five kids and definitely needs a little pocket money, as most young boys do uh, when they're entering high school. They kind of need a little money in that back pocket. So to realize that he's helping the boy up the street is, is one consolation. But nonetheless, it's admitting the fact that we can't do what we used to do. And as more and more elders are realizing that they have either health limitations, financial limitations, or uh, just uh, managing households, we in the younger generation have had to step up and um, fill some of the gaps for those elders. Now, many of you do know that um, I did care for my mom for close to 20 years, just shy of 20 years. Um, it's a wonderful experience that I look back on now. Um, it warms my heart every single day that I had that opportunity with her. One who is joining me today has recently uh, sort of come up to those ranks. Uh, today, I have a gal with me who I am, whom I'm continually inspired by, Kathy Crafty is a radio personality, columnist, inspirational speaker, and philanthropist. She's a natural humorist and collector of stories, which I absolutely love about her, and deeply passionate about her family, her faith, and inspiring others to find that same passion. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me today, and we have a lot to talk about. 
Robin, I just can't tell you how happy I am. And I was going to mention, this is actually saving me money by being with you today on your program. <laughs> and I can't tell you how you're just going to laugh because you know I love to save money. Yes. I just don't hesitate to go to a psychologist when I need help. Anytime I have a big issue or challenge that I'm facing, I just get wisdom. I get it anywhere I can. But I know what that costs, and today I'm going to treat you like my psychologist, and I'm going to bring you all my questions. Oh, good. (laughs) We're going to work it out together, hon. Well, you know, Kathy, since we visited last, um, we talked about the subject of the sandwich generation and, and elder care. Um, and I wanted to visit with you again because I wanted to talk about your family's progress. Because mom, your mom is now living with you. Is that correct? Yes. When she, the last time we talked, I could not believe how timely your invitation was because and then when I found out that you had cared for your own mother for 20 mm-hmm. years in your home, I just mm-hmm. felt that God was in the process of bringing us together for that program. And I hope that your listeners will go back and pull that up and listen because it is it was such an interesting stage to be at where mother had just moved in. I had all the initial questions about even going through her stuff at her house and trying to figure out what I could and could not bring to my house that would mm-hmm. Comfort her without, you know, making my house so crowded. Mm-hmm. And all these questions were in that last episode we did together. Mm-hmm. But this time she's been with me about three months now, or maybe four. And so I have many questions for today. But I also know just last weekend she was sick with a virus. And it reminded me that the reason we brought her home to our house was because we needed to, for her to have better care. But m- most of the time she's great. Yeah. But when she gets sick, we really did not like her being alone. Mm-hmm. And so she's been really healthy for the last several months since she moved in with us. And then she had a virus this past weekend, and I was reminded, oh, yes, I have a lot of things I still need to get in place, like our medical emergency plan. And mm-hmm. I need to understand uh, what social, social, like Medicare will and will not pay for, and also supplemental insurance, what our options are there. So... I think today we'll talk about the questions I have immediately, but I'm guessing that we may, after I get some research done, we may want to bring this back to the medical. Oh, sure. I would like to have somebody uh, at some point on the show, and and I'm definitely um, looking at that avenue because there are a lot of legal issues that are involved that you, every family needs to consult their own uh, financial advisor, or uh, even every state is different depending on what kind of um, social services are available and what it takes to um, employ those social services. Whether it be something that's provided or whether it be something you have to financially uh, um, make arrangements for, there are there are so many things that vary from state to state. So I guess first and foremost, that's one thing that we should probably let everybody know that, yes, your state is different. Uh, if your elder is beginning to need care uh, or has recently, say, been in a hospital, there um, usually there's a social worker that oversees that particular um, at least that time that they're in the hospital and perhaps needs rehab. They're going to definitely help 
clarify what your state, what your particular uh, arrangements are insurance-wise, if you do have those supplemental insurances. And absolutely, Medicare, as as we're all finding out, is not 100%. You do need a supplemental. Uh, or if you're fortunate enough to have some VA coverage, at least you have that or, or perhaps um, – you know, some of those other, like a railroad, uh, I think they have a, a pension type of thing as well for insurances. Kathy, what about your mom's health now? It, will she ever go back to living alone, or has this decision been a permanent one for your family? Well, it was a long decision process, so even though it's happened quickly, we had, as soon as my dad passed away two years ago, we had begun okay. to invite her to live with us. We Sure. We had... I mean, God is so providential in this way. We had just increased the size of our house. My husband had wanted to add on for probably five or ten years. Mm. And we finally got to a place where I felt comfortable that it was the right time to do it. And really, we just barely finished when Dad passed away. So we knew we had the space for her. But it was about two years before she realized that, you know, I think she had to there was some grieving, of, obviously, with my dad passing. Oh, sure. Also grieving about her loss of independence. And I think she had to realize that she was kind of lonesome living by herself. Sure. And, sure. And, that we, and I think she needed to be reassured that we would honor her privacy. So one of the things we did immediately, in fact, I offered to put a doorbell on her door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that- of a good idea in a way but she told me that wasn't necessary but my daughter hung a wreath made her a special wreath. I have one of my daughters is an artist and she's very very talented and so she just whipped it up while she was there one day this beautiful wreath made of handmade paper and she cut and oh. colored and just glued it together and it's just beautiful lightweight with ribbons hanging off of it and so she put that on Mima's room her, on her door so that Mother yeah. would feel like she had an entrance where people would have to knock before they entered and to give her a sense of that was her suite, not just her bed. Sure. Bubble. Yeah, that. yeah. And that is something I had noted that we want to talk about a little bit later. We've got a couple of minutes before break, Kathy. Uh, do you have siblings that you're sharing your time with your mom with? Yes, and in fact, I took some of your advice, and Sandra, y'all gave me such great advice on that last episode, and I've already applied some of it, so when we do come back from the break, I want to share with you some of the ways my family is helping me, and and how easy it is to ask them for help. Sure. And so that was really great advice y'all gave me last time, and I I loved it, and I'm applying it, and it's working. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. You know, logistics are difficult, and sometimes it's a matter of being across the country. Sometimes it's a matter of, like you say, uh, personal time, uh, and sometimes when, uh, and I want to bring this up later as well, all of a sudden you're at a pinnacle of your own career, and caring for an elder almost sets you back in that you have... um, it's like caring for a child again. Do I have care if I need to go away on a business trip? Do I have um, the ability to go overnight someplace? Do I have the ability to be away all day long? All of those those things, of course, it depends on the level of care that your elder needs, but it's all 
something you now have to orchestrate within your life and within your schedule, within your family. Just before we go to break, Kathy, I can't remember if I had mentioned it before, but I gave my mom one of those doorbells that are the battery-powered doorbells. And when she needed me, I would sort of let her be if she was reading or talking to somebody or I wouldn't hover over her. I'd kind of let her be in her room. But when she needed me, she'd ring the doorbell. Or if she needed me in the middle of the night, she rang the doorbell and it was easy for me to carry the doorbell. It was a little easier than an intercom system because in the middle of the night, then I wouldn't hear her snoring or <laughs> whatnot. But the doorbell worked just fine for us. We're here with Kathy Crafty today. We're talking about caring for elders. Don't go away. We're going to be right back. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. Well, skunks are making the news again. Seems everyone has a skunk story. A friend of mine was dozing on the couch on her patio when she felt something furry brush up against her hand. She thought it was her cat until she smelled a terrible odor. I was petting a skunk, she told me. What's a word for shocked? Timey-wimey. In Colorado, a wildlife officer was called to help a skunk whose head was stuck in a peanut butter jar. After tugging for 10 minutes, they finally freed the critter and it ran away without spraying anyone. Guess that was a fair trade, otherwise known as quitter for quarter. In Minnesota, it's illegal to tease a skunk. What's a word for teasing a skunk? Tan-tan-tanning, port-wardling, and downright foolish. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Information about book publishing is power, the power to change your authoring life, and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Riles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. A couple of minutes older, a couple of minutes wiser. We're back to a great discussion on Passing 50. Thanks for being with us today here on Passing 50. This is Robin Boyd with you today, and I have Kathy Crafty, excuse me for not pronouncing that right. Um, I want you to visit her, get to know Kathy, because boy, is she an inspiration, and you've got to sign up for her blog and, and read the things that uh, she publishes, which are so uh, Im- uh, inspiring. It's going to get you uh, feeling so positive, and if you're having difficulties with either family issues or um, understanding relationships, Kathy's the one. And I want to direct you to Kathy, and it's C-A-T-H-Y, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, 
E.com, Kathy com. You know, we were talking a little bit just before the break, Kathy, um, and I want to read something that was on your website at Camp Crafty. We really like the word practical. If it doesn't work, why bother, right? On the other hand, finding practical strategies that work for your unique marriage and family is an extremely personal process. So we're here to offer ideas and comfort, yes, and hopefully a laugh along the way as we practice the gentle art of companionship. And companionship is inclusive because the person that you have just uh, brought into your immediate family is your elder and now your family dynamic is changed, not necessarily negatively, but it has changed and that takes time. It's been such a sweet experience. And so one of the things that happened this just and almost immediately after we got mom pretty settled, my son came home from college and he's home now for three months living with us. And so, I mean, I don't know. Family is so fluid and it is so personal. I'm really thank you for reading that quote, because sometimes I think people offer advice and they act like they know all the answers. And then, you know, you. You look at your own family and you think, how could that even work for us? That's just ridiculous. So I do think it's very personal. I wanted Mm -hmm. to share with you, I I mentioned before the break, y'all had given me some great advice. And I can't wait to tell you just to thank you for it and then to share it with your listeners. Because if they hear both segments, they'll know this, this was your advice, but I took it and applied it to my family, and it works so well. I mean, it works so great. So here's what we've discovered after three or four months of being involved in this process of, you know, welcoming and loving and respecting and honoring this woman that we all adore. And so here she is in our house, and some things that have happened that I didn't expect, because she's such a dynamo, like, <laughs> Like some night she'll just come in and she'll just sit there and, and just sit. And she doesn't, she's had three strokes and I can almost read her mind. We're that close, but she's quit talking as much because it's so much effort to talk. Oh, uh-huh. And so that's been a bit of a change for me. Yeah. And when we're out and about, I just finish her sentences for her and <laughs> it's kind of a sweet way it works. But <laughs> home, I think she's so relaxed. She doesn't feel like she has to talk to me. So she's just sitting there watching me. <laughs> well, isn't that sweet? I, I truly, when you stop and think that the the comfort that she has in just being, because I think when the elders do realize that they do need help, that they do need some assistance, but yet they're in a non, oh, I don't want to say non-combatant or non-confrontational, uh, because some families might have that sense about them if she is not in um, anything but pure joyful environment right now and how lovely that is it's so sweet but I will tell you it's just not what I expected so I'm sitting there (laughs) kind of feeling self-conscious I cook I'm not the greatest cook and she really is so I'm like okay I hope I'm doing this right but she won't tell me if I don't do it you know like yeah Even if she wanted to give me advice, she wouldn't. So anyway, here's what I figured out, that she needed something to talk to me about in the evening that was fun for her to talk about. 
And you guys had talked to me about, you'd offered me advice of enlisting my different parts of the extended family that love her too and giving them ways they could help. So a few days ago, I texted all the cousins, my children's cousins. Perfect. These are my nieces and nephews. Yes. And I I just said, Meemaw needs to hear from somebody every day. So she'll have something to report back to us in the evening when we come home from work. Sure. And so they all took a day. So it's so great. It's so easy. They just text her a picture or hello, Meemaw, how are you doing? Or she texts them back, which is cracking us up. But uh, anyway, so they just send her a little part of their day or a text or sometimes they phone call her. But each one of them took a different day of the week. And so every day since I contacted them, she's heard from one of her grandchildren. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that's wonderful. I think it's I know uh, my daughter would put a, a letter in the mail frequently and between the two of them, they would be emailing back and or not emailing, but mailing back and forth notes to each other. And it might just be a sentence on my mom's part uh, to send to my daughter. But that is the same kind of thing as far as just exchanging something in the mail. She'd say, did I get any mail today? (laughs) She would know. (laughs) And it's true. If you have a good sized family or if you have extended family, um, helping them remember uh, this elder in one way, shape or form is, is so important. Would you say that that was one of the things that was, probably the most surprising to have her move in with you, um, having her sort of being about, uh, about in, in all of your daily uh, doings or what else may have been sort of a surprise to you? That that's been one thing. And then also what surprised me is I had asked the kids to do this and they did it for a little while, my nieces and nephews, and then they started forgetting. And so this time what's different is I, Ask them to set an alarm that repeats. You know those recurring alarms you can set. Yes, yes. Okay. So they all just set it for every Monday to remind themselves till they do it. So that we are just using technology in a way that is really helpful there. And I just had I just hadn't thought to suggest it, but that one little tweak made all the difference. So now they'll be able to remember it each week. But as far as mother goes and what she's doing that surprised me. Okay. I love my mom, and she really deserves to be honored. So you have to take this in the way it's meant. <laughs> I I didn't know, but sometimes she'll say "harumph," like, and I didn't realize that she did that as much as she did. Oh, how funny! Oh, so how it, funny! It really put me on notice, like some of my bad attitudes. You know, oh. <laughs> I think I'm a pretty spiritual person and kind of down to earth, you know, and. I try to be unpretentious and unjudgmental, but that doesn't mean I do a very good job of it. <laughs> I have some stuff I still need to work on because I'll say something that she doesn't think is appropriate and she'll say, <laughs> Oh, how sweet. Um, that that really is. A Christian, I guess. <laughs> oh, but my mom's still parenting me, I think. Well, and this is, this is, that brings up a great topic that, There is a fine balance in caring for an elder that does not become condescending, does not become treating them 
uh, like like a child. You may have to oversee them a little more uh, like you would a little one in that uh, maybe they're not capable of making tea or making toast. Uh, it, it became apparent that I just couldn't let mom make toast anymore because she yeah. would either walk away and it, or the toast would start to burn or, or whatnot. Uh, so yeah, there are, I think that is a very hard balance. There's also a hard balance of the frustration that one has to accept as an elder that you do need to accept the assistance of those who are caring for you. I think my mom wanted to still be the matriarch, still wanted to be the bossy one, (laughs) still wanted to have complete control. But when I would say no to, no, I can't um, bring you to the library today, you know, but I'll, I'll make sure that it's on my agenda next week or no, I can't, um, uh, I already had an appointment this afternoon, so I can't have Mary come right to, right now. But let's make it so that Mary can come later. You know, there are so many little things that become a juggling act. We've got three minutes before the break. Has your mom sort of um, had any um, issues with accepting you as a caretaker? Well, she she really does not want to impose on me, and in a way it makes it more difficult for me because I, there mm-hmm. are things I, I truly want to do for her. I just yeah. want to do them. Yeah. And so finding those, respecting her boundaries and not imposing on her in my desire to help her, mm-hmm. that's going to be an ongoing struggle for me personally, just because I know, I know I have to back up and let her do her, her things. But well, and we'll talk a little bit more when we come back about what it was like to have her sick over the weekend. Yes. One thing I want to say that I think is so important, you mentioned that 2030 statistic and the people that are aging, that's you and me. I mean, it's going to be. exactly. And so everything I'm doing right now is tempered by this idea that I need to demonstrate to my children Mm -hmm. what it's like to be respectful and caring and helpful without being out of bounds. So that's kind of a cool thing that's happening because our kids do live close by. So, and, and having our son home for the summer is just reminded me, I'm really preparing them to take care of me someday. I hope. Sure. Yeah. Whoever outlives each other, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we had, when we first moved here, my children were in grade three and grade five. And so she saw them all through their teen years, saw them all through their uh, pre-adolescent years, uh, all those those developmental years that were would have been <laughs> difficult even just for an immediate family. But then to have mom in the background saying, well, when you were that age, <laughs> or I don't know why you would let her do that, or you know, there would there was so many times that it was a, a very delicate balance as to what I would share or how I would share, and um, and then of course uh, listening to that sage of advice because you know maybe I did need to be put in my place once in a while. So on the other side of the break, let's talk a little bit more about all those preparations preparations, legal or emotional, uh, that we do have to uh, look at before we begin this uh, whole new life of caretaking. It's an important one.
And so we want you to stay tuned and stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. It's words you never heard. Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymis and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Did you get up and stretch during the break? Great! Now you're ready for the next part of our discussion on Passing 50. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Robin Boyd with you today, and I'm so thrilled to have Kathy Cravey here with me today. Uh, her website, again, I want to share that with you. Kathy is spelled with a C, C-A-T-H-Y. Crafty is K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E.com. I want you to read her um, her blog. I love reading Kathy's blog. It always just makes me um, think and feel so much better about my my journey and all that uh, life is is affording me. I, I'm very, very fortunate to have Kathy as my friend. You know, we were talking on the uh, before the break, Kathy, about privacy. And I think one of the challenges that I did find having mom with us um, was not only her privacy in respecting her need uh, to have some semblance of independence, creating what she was capable of being independent of, but then to find my own independence um, and my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children, there were times that um, it was difficult to have a little family tiff, a little family argument without mom overhearing and then, of course, having something, the, the subtle little innuendos like either the next day, well, I hope, you know, you've calmed down or, you know, there would always be that little... <laughs> Yes, Mom, thank you. You know, we're in a house. There's no way you can be on one end of the house and the other and not hear what was going on. I think those are the challenges that either you have to just say, you know, Mom, Hubby and I really uh, were not seeing eye to eye. We're working it out. I know you love us. And, you know, kind of just leave it at that because... You don't necessarily have to say, oh, you know what he said to me, Mom, <laughs> unless you want to. But it's like you don't need to add that dynamic because then you're, you find yourself in the middle of having to please Mom and having to please your husband. And sometimes that's not going to be one in the same. So you have to learn to pick your battle, it, it, literally, if not figuratively, and say there's some things I'm going to share with Mom. I'm going to let her know, yeah, you know what, we're at odds right now. Please don't ask me about it because you know what, I'm really angry. I got to work this out. 
or just saying, you know, I'm really hurt right now, mom. I know you and dad had times like this. I remember you and dad having an argument and I remember how it made me feel. And, you know, and then maybe, you know, not saying to your husband, you know, mom overheard everything you said and, and <laughs> going down that path. That is so tricky. Yes. It just really does change the dynamic in that way. But I, I'm finding she's pretty respectful of our privacy and and mom's still driving, so she'll leave yeah. for a little while. Sometimes I think intentionally to give us some time alone. So, Good. Good. yeah. So that's that's been kind of sweet. And yeah. when we talked last, we were deciding what to do about her house, and I, yeah. I wanted to update you because I think this is such a. It's one of those personal tweaks. We took good advice that we got. By the way, I, I just have to throw this in. I. I Google sandwich generation and there is nothing out there. You guys are producing the best material on this topic. I really want to thank you for that. And I hope, I hope your listeners will share your podcast because, and your, your radio programs, because they are some of the best and only information out there. So one of the things that y'all talked about last time, we, we discussed it because it was really worrying me is how to, navigate saying no about bringing things home to my mm-hmm. house because sure. she had a whole house full of stuff. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think we had this solution when we talked last night. I mean, last time. And if we mm-hmm. didn't, I wanted to share it somewhere along the way. We had this marvelous idea. We just, we, I don't know, just popped into our minds. Like our artistic daughter is a stay at home mother right now with two little infants. Oh, and goodness. it occurred to us, she could have a booth at an antique mall and sell Meemaw stuff. Oh, how beautiful. As soon as we thought of it, my mother was so engaged with that whole process. And so one of my concerns was with mom, she's such a dynamic person. When we finished getting rid of all her things and selling her house and that was over, what would she do? Because that's been like her full-time job for the last few months. Sure. Now we think she's going to go to Anna's booth. (laughs) Uh, Good purpose. She has purpose. Or maybe garage sale on Saturday morning and look for things to help on a sale. But we don't know exactly how that will look, but it's so specific to our family. But it's such a great solution for us. Oh, how wonderful. First, before, I just want to share one more thing. Before she was going to her house and grieving over each individual item, and mm-hmm. it was kind of worrisome to me. I have a very close friend who's a talented, amazing therapist, physical uh, trainer. In fact, you may want to have her on your show. She's so, I, I don't know if she'd do it, but she's awesome. But she uh, she suggested to or told me that our when we look at an item that is physical and it's associated with a deep memory, like many of mothers uh, travel sure. with my dad, mm-hmm. that each time she was picking up one of those items, she was having all those experiences at once, all that emotional mm. Like your body has the same endorphins and dopamine mm-hmm. and all the negative hormones that come with memories. They were flooding her system every day, each and every single item. So she was coming home exhausted. And really, yeah. I was wondering why, because she wasn't getting much done. And then my friend explained to me, well, she's experiencing all those emotions physiologically. Yes, yes. So once we decided to have the booth, we just labeled these big boxes red stuff. And we put all the red stuff in there without looking at it. Oh, how fun. And oh, my goodness. 
and green stuff. So there's mm-hmm. just, I can't wait for Anna to unwrap them. It's going to be like Christmas all over because it'll be all this stuff that's mismatched, but it's all green. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that great? Well, see, and there again, it's thinking a little bit outside the box, but you did what was right for your family. I mean, sometimes even after um, a divorce or even when you've lost a loved one and have had to go through, you might not be ready to part with everything and it might need to be in stages. And I think if you begin with some of the things that are less emotionally attached, get rid of those first. And then you move on to the some of the things that may have a little emotion, but maybe it's a matter of taking photographs of them and yes. then parting with them because having the photograph is an easy way of saying, oh, remember that wonderful painting. It was lovely, wasn't it? I don't have room for it anymore, but I still have the photograph of it. And then you get to the things that are truly dear. And maybe those are the things you're either not going to get rid of right away or are going to consume within your family. Maybe your daughter will hang something in her home because it was something your family felt too precious about maybe it was a certificate that was was given it it could be anything that could be emotional to your family and those are the things I'm always calling my daughter and saying you know there's in fact I don't remember if I told you this she my mother had a tiny bottle of Chanel number five my father bought it for her probably in 1954 this this is was an old bottle that she would only put a teeny tiny bit on when they would go out and I'd have a babysitter. So for me to smell Chanel number five means five means babysitter, my mom and dad in love and they were going and she'd wear the beautiful uh, uh, skirts with the beautiful petticoats and the crinoline and the whole thing and they'd go dancing or they'd do whatever. Well, my daughter, of course, I the bottle was almost empty when my mother died. It was in her dressing table. My daughter took the box and took the bottle and put it in a shadow box and she found an advertisement from like the early 60s from a a magazine that was an advertisement for Chanel Number 5 and put it behind the photo and she has it hanging in her house. Now, when I walked into her home and I saw that bottle in that shadow box, I burst into tears. It was, and she says every so often she'll open the shadow box. And of course, my mom did smoke and she'll have that blend of cigarette smell and the Chanel number five. And she says, oh, there's Graham. And, and those are the little things that you have to just take pause and not really, and I'm even, even verklempt telling you this story, um, because mm. it was so emotional for my daughter. It was emotional for me. Mm. It's those little things that you have to wait on. You can't say goodbye or liquidate. You might have to have boxes in the in the garage or, um, you know, maybe even a storage pod for for a short time until you're ready to make those choices. I love that. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you shared it. I'm just I just want a picture of your daughter's shadow box. I really do. I will. I'll send it to you. Yeah, it, she and there again like your daughter being so artistic, it just took that uh, she just she she took it for um that little memory of her grandmother that was so special to her. In this segment, Kathy, I want to move a little bit more into some of the Because when you're talking about liquidating a house, uh, there's a lot of financial decisions that have to be made. 
And there are many times that either uh, a family may just assume, because I am the caretaker right now, um, that all of the decisions for my mother might be on my shoulders, where you may need to have a durable power of attorney either for medical purposes or financial purposes, and you can have two separate ones, uh, having a DPOA and a living will. Those are the two things I think that people tend to overlook and think light of um, and not realize those importances. Yeah, we really saw that with Dad as he became began to have more and more dementia. In fact, we should talk a little bit about caring for parents and and the kind of help that's available. We we began mm-hmm. researching two years before dad died. Even he began to show signs of dementia after he'd had a coding incident at the hospital. And so we, we were desperate to get help for mother. And we came across a company called home instead. And, and they just do an amazing array of different things. So we had checked them out once already, and then Dad passed away. But but we were reviewing again what they do, and we've, we've become more and more infatuated with that company. So I'm eager to come back and tell you more about what we can do. But, I do want to, yeah, we have a couple of minutes before a break. And then, of course, a living will, because both a, a, a DPOA, Durable Power of Attorney, and a living will come into play before one's death, it, you could be incapacitated. You might be um, in a coma or maybe not within your right mind uh, for temporarily. I remember my mom, one of the medications she was on, she was just not there. She was saying things and she was fabricating things. And that man over there, oh, that's our friend and he's incognito. That cracked me up when she said that to me. <laughs> it was a young man, an orderly who was probably 22. And she was telling me this was Ike. This was my friend's father. I said, Mom, Linda is the same age as I am. She's 62 at the time. You know, I said, that can't be Ike. This boy is 20, 23 years old. (laughs) Think about it, Mom. But she couldn't, she couldn't, um, she couldn't see it because she was out. But had we had to make some serious decisions, we would have to sort of have that, um, have the the legal right to make those decisions uh, if we had to make some. Uh, and that's why it is so important. And there again, your financial advisor, your caseworker, your uh, medical uh, team, your, your uh, advisors, whoever is helping you with your mom's medical care or your dad's medical care are going to be the ones to help you prepare either a living will and have it on file at the hospital. That's exactly where they need it. And have a DPOA so you have that with your own um, legal uh, documents and therefore uh, are able to make decisions when it's absolutely necessary. Kathy, we're going to scoot to break. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back with Passing 50. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. 
Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. cats in U.S. households than any other pet. Most allurophiles or cat owners know that unlike dogs, taking Kitty for a ride in the car isn't any fun. I mean, you never see a cat hanging its head out the window, enjoying the breeze. Today's domestic cat is descended from a small Mideastern wildcat. A group of kittens is called a kindle, and a group of adult cats is a clouder. What's the word for those dust balls composed entirely of cat hair? Fluffernugans. Personally, I like pigs better than either cats or dogs. Dogs are subservient and look up to man. Cats are aloof and look down on man. A pig, however, will look you in the eye and see as equal. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Want more information or hear other shows from Passing 50? Check out our info page on beckmultimedia.com or our website, passing50.com. Now, let's get back to our discussion on Passing 50. We are having a great conversation today with Kathy Craffy. She is an author, a radio personality, a mentor, a, a, a speaker, an absolute delight, a coach, one who has given me such uh, inspiration in so many ways. Kathy, we're talking about some of the things that we need to prepare, whether it be now because we know we've got an elder who might be in great health right now, uh, but soon may take a turn you just never know um same with even just looking at my husband he now has some some health issues didn't expect it we just it came out of left field he was not prepared for it nor was i and we are now realizing that there are some things that we do need to have in place some of the things i think that i i wanted to mention too it's so important to find a balance when you have somebody that you have just um, included in your household. You do need to find that balance of privacy. We were talking a little bit about privacy. Maybe it's the time for mom to watch television. Maybe she's into soap operas or maybe she's into a bridge club. She needs the time to have her independence and feel as though she still has some control. When elders become dependent, they lose the independence that they were so proud of. And all of a sudden, having to be dependent is a loss. And they're grieving that independence. And we have to help them find the best independence that they can handle safely while we can still manage our own uh, lives as well. And that could be our own careers. It could be our need. Maybe it's a home office. Maybe it's a, 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 a career outside the home. But we need to find that balance. And, and sort of reaching out to either to friends or family sometimes has its limitations because when you're just talking about, oh, she just had um, a hip replaced and she needs a little bit of care and then she's going to be back on her own again. When we're talking about a permanent uh, move, as as you and I have experienced, 
you don't want to burn out the resources and you don't want to call the, the, the cousins over and over and over again because that's going to get old really quickly. So you do need to sort of put in place something that's going to help you as a schedule, whether it means calling a, uh, a service, whether it means calling um, visitors through your church. A lot of times there are, um, every church may call it something different, visiting angels or, or something or other. It might mean one hour on a Wednesday afternoon coming to visit with mom so I can go to the dentist or I can go and, and uh, see my own doctor or whatnot. You have to build that into your routine, into a ritual. For me, it was the one hour just to go to church every Sunday. I, bar none, I went to church and that was something that I needed to do. Maybe it's going out to dinner with your husband because remember, now that you're sharing this house with, with um, an extra person in your immediate family, that dynamic has changed. And maybe it does mean I need a little privacy with my husband. I need, I'm still in love with this man. I still want to have some time to have some fun with my husband. And sometimes I'll, you're just in a moment and the door that my doorbell would ring. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I have some more iced coffee, please? Oh, yes, Mom, I'll be right there. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Nothing ruins the mood like having your mother ring the doorbell. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, you have to put uh, some time into your routine because <laughs> that even gets old pretty quickly. Now, you mentioned home instead as, as a resource. I know that there are many... Um, wonderful sources out there for support. Sometimes uh, you may uh, be in a better financial situation and or, or uh, not um, as good a financial situation. So you do have to explore what's right for your family. But Home Instead has offered your, your family some support, I understand. Yeah, we were, we first began exploring what our options were before dad passed away because we felt mother was getting in fact, we thought that they might pass away simultaneously because her health had begun to deteriorate. And we realized after he died, she actually got better because she wasn't working quite as hard. So yes, yes. we bounced back. But, but in that process, we began looking at what our options were, and they're very limited. So in East Texas, I don't, I don't know what – of course, every state, like you said, is different. But here, we were so impressed with them because they offer a full menu of services. Mm. And so for us, like for instance, mother's still driving, but the moment she can't drive anymore, they mm -hmm. offer that. And so that was one of the things with dad, we had to take away his license yeah, and tough. mother drove him, but I was concerned. And so I began to check, well, who, you know, you can't get Medicare to help you with driving someone. No. Nope. So, Nor the DMV will help you because if they pass that test, they get the license. So, <laughs> that the truth? Dad failed it three times and we didn't know it. And he still had his license. Here in Texas, if you volunteer to take it, they won't take away your license if you flunk. Oh, so gosh. when I called to ask about the process, they said, oh, yes, Dr. Primer's been in here and he's taken the test three times and flunked. I was oh, like, my oh, my gosh, gosh. He, is, he is such a scamp. He had not told us. So anyway, that was a very distressing thing, but we got through it. But in the process, we began to look for anybody that could help us with things that were 
outside mm-hmm. the norm. And yeah. so that was why we were so excited to find that particular group home. Instead, they offer such a nice menu of choices. And for instance, mom was sick this past weekend, as I told you earlier. Yeah. And I've got plans to be at a wedding next weekend. And I, I, my husband's out of town. He had got, he got called away for, for business, which we had to really had to make a hard decision there. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking my son as my escort to this wedding and it dawned on me, oh dear, mom's going to be here by herself. And she was just sick. So she was really fragile last weekend and she's going to bounce back. I know that about mom. Oh, sure. She's already doing that, but I don't, you know, she came down with a fever after we left on Friday. She might not mm-hmm. even tell us. So fortunately my sister's coming, but what that reminded me is I have got to have better resources mm-hmm. and I liked what you said earlier about the durable power of attorney that when dad was so sick, that was such a comfort to me because my brother was willing to take on all the responsibilities that went with that. Yeah. So that was just a whole bunch of things I didn't have to decide about instead, because I'm right here, I took on the piece that had to do with any of their medical decisions at the hospital. Mm -hmm. So, so that was really nice that we just divided those two things in two perfect and really having you ask me about it today reminded me i've got to go back and make sure that we have that straight with mom i know for dad but it's like here's my rant (laughs) i don't think our government realizes in the legal process it's like they don't realize if you have a widow she can barely get her bills paid every month but if she is then incapacitated the point that her family has to care for her that is a lot of pieces to manage. It's it it's is. very overwhelming. And so, for instance, Medicare is really hard to navigate, but one of us will have to become an expert on that. Yeah. And uh, she handed me a bill this morning and said, it looks like they're not going to pay that. And I was on my way out the door. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, oh, mom, I just have a, yeah. have a radio show to do today. I can't leave <laughs> the here, not today. But anyway, I'm just laughing. So I wanted to mention this one other thing because I know this gets over too fast. It is, yeah. I I love visiting with you. I always feel like we could spend another hour. But I always post a meme on Monday. My children think I'm so hip because I even know what a meme is at my age. Uh-huh. I, and I hate to I hate to finish a show without quoting somebody because I love to get other people's wisdom and totally steal it. So I wanted to tell you my meme today is you are not an inexhaustible resource by Sandra Beck. So absolutely. And isn't that true? And anybody who has can speak from the horse's mouth is Sandra, you know, with uh, nine ways till Sunday. Yes, and she's done the same thing, had her dad in her home and made she has. made it work mm-hmm. in such a way that he's been such a blessing to those boys and their family. And Absolutely, yeah. and this is, you know, that's a wonderful thing that I want to uh, come to because one of the things that I did want to sort of leave everybody with is the fact that when you're blending your family and you are bringing an elder into your home, You do need to sort of uh, adjust things. You do need to maybe empower your children, not indulge them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Empower them to have a little more independence and understand that there are things within the family that we do because we're family, not because they are young and they're adorable and they think they're entitled. 
there are things that they need to sort of step up and assume. There are things that you need to work out with your financial planner as far as your estate. Mm-hmm. You might need to, uh, as you did, liquidate things. You might need to um, share it with the family. There are a lot of things that only your family knows what's right for you. Um, y- you do need to assess your career. You have to decide, all right, if I'm going to take mom in, I need to accommodate mom around my career, with my career, uh, or there are some other options that might have to be made. But the most important thing that I need to say, Kathy, and I definitely would love for you to come back so we can continue this conversation, families need to remember to find the joy in this time of life. Caring for elders can become a job and sometimes feels like a chore which can very easily take on a negative attitude. So remember to find the way to delegate the less important tasks to others, be it uh, an outside source or other family, so that you have time, be it daily or weekly, to be a daughter, be a son to your elder, not just that caretaker. Have fam- You've got to have family discussions about all of this. Look at photos together. Drive to some place that was loved by your family. Have family gatherings. Get everybody over and have a picnic. These are the times that you will keep in your heart for the rest of your lives. And then you can be at peace knowing that your family is richer because you have shared this time. And say all there is to say, there's nothing that you didn't have left in your heart to say. It's all been said. You've heard what's been bestowed upon you, and hopefully then pass this joy on as your legacy. So, Kathy, I hope you can come back. We have so much more to chat about. So will you please come back another time? Listen, Robin, this is my my favorite part of my day today. I'm so happy to have you giving me such great advice. And I thank you for putting it out there where other people can find it since it is so hard to find practical, loving, joyful advice to be victorious. You're just a champion. Oh, thank you. And you're helping me right along the way. Kathy Crafty, thanks so much. Please join us again on Passing 50. We're glad you spent this time with us today. Relax. Passing 50 isn't so bad. And the year after can be great, too. You're in good company. Passing 50 is a production of Beck Multimedia. Join us again for another great discussion right here on Passing 50. Passing 50.